ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Evening Jones. You know, lately I've been struggling to try to give you guys some entertaining stories from my New York travels because I don't really travel New York no more because, you know, all this shit. But the other day, I had to make a run and I was walking back <clears throat> and I came around the corner and I saw and I heard this woman and this is what I heard. The first thing I heard her say was, <clears throat> she's like, I'm a hardworking black woman, single mother. I'm like, oh, okay. I get a little closer. And the next thing I hear her say, and you go ask me if I got some money? And I looked over, man, and it was a dude on some hard times. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I'm not in a position to say whether or not he was homeless, um, but he did not appear to be far from it, if nothing else. And she, she was like, but you going to ask me for money? Man, that dude looks so guilty, right? Like, like, like it, it already paid him so greatly to reach this point that he's standing in front of the spot and asking people for money. And mama hit him with, you going to ask me for some money? I just tell you that to let you know it's getting real in the field. I've been warning y'all. Oh, yeah. Happy New Year. I figure I might as well throw that out there. Like, I feel like in the moments as we're discussing this, it is 8.04 Eastern Time p.m. on January the 6th. Just so everybody understands the time of this recording, you know, because I don't know what's going to happen after we get done with this. But as much as I feel like people were like, whoa, we left 2020 behind us. Uh, Everything that made 2020, 2020, came with us like i'm not i'm i'm i don't do a lot of reconfiguring based on years and months and like <clears throat> that sort of thing like I, I i see this more as like a process type of thing that's just kind of how i'm wired i don't really do new year's resolutions and so forth and so on like i just i just view this all as being a bit more continuous so i'm not a person that's like trying to turn the page when the year rolls over i'm not judging anybody who is i'm just telling you how i'm built but 2020 was coming with us. Like, like, like this, this was not a thing that we were just going to be able to be like, whoo, glad we get to do another one, right? Like, this, this wasn't a situation that was strictly a matter of I had some things that I was going through myself, right? And now hopefully with those things, no, 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 no. Like, we all sharing it right now. That's the one thing I have to say that is kind of interesting in this pandemic is that I wouldn't say that we all have something in common. Like, that feels a little bit trite. But we all got a little bit of an idea what everybody's going through right now. Because a lot of it is similar. Right? Like, one of the major constraints on everybody's life is, well, most people's lives. Because some of y'all just out here not caring. But, you know, the isolation and just kind of the restriction on being able to do what you want. You know, and stuff like that. And that's kind of something that we're all going through. We... we it affects us in different ways and it's more acute for some of us than others because of certain conditions in our lives. But we do kind of got like that little something in common. <clears throat> we all fight in the same fight right now. All of us are. Um, problem is that's going to like take us to a place where we start fighting each other. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's like all of this is just what's going on, but it was going to come with us. And so it is here. And so we're going to have to cope for a little while longer. 
in order to like get through this and make it happen. People out here wilding. Anyway, let me move on to your questions. I wonder what in the world you guys might want to talk about tonight. All right. So, yeah. GTBW. Question mark. Um, so, you know, some of you who know me done been, you know, been down with your boy for a while. Y'all know about that GTBW. Some people don't know what GTBW is. It's always very funny to me when somebody figures out what GTBW means. Um, and I don't even have to tell them, right? GTPW. So if you imagine for a second, you take a moment to imagine what it would look like if this handful of uh, Black Lives Matter protesters rolled up on the Capitol building and then look at how it went today, which you saw on television. You can look at that and be like, whoo, GTBW. Right? I am actually um, not as inclined to look at it through the lens of GTBW, but it's kind of impossible not to look at it through the lens of GTBW. Like, let me tell you a story. When I was in California in grad school, I was hanging out with some of my friends. It was like three black dudes and a white dude, and the white dude showed up late. White dude got pulled over on the way there. I think he had no insurance. I think his registration was bad. He had some sort of like mechanical malfunction, like his seat wouldn't pull, pull all the way up. You know what I mean? And he's explaining to us that he got pulled over and all these things came up when he got pulled over. And all any of us could think about was, how are you here? Like none of us could imagine driving our car away under those circumstances, right? And you see it, it's just like, yeah, man, that's that GTBW. It happens, it comes into effect, it's hard not to do. And so when you see like some folks run up and not get done up under the current set of circumstances, it is very difficult not to view that through the lens of GTBW. But the problem is like, not really the problem, but just kind of the truth of it, at least in a moment like this is, like, duh, we know that. It's kind of mind-blowing to see it in application. You know, but I, I never want to be one of those people like, well, are you surprised or anything like that? Yeah, I am a little bit, by the way, in this case. Um, am I surprised that people reached a point of running up? No. Am I surprised that they got in? Yes. That part absolutely does surprise me. Just because the consequences of such a thing potentially happening is so bad. Like, let me tell you something that is that you can watch or you can take note of, right? Like, they had the Capitol Police, and they were outside, and they was around the Capitol, and they did not. Like, I feel like if you are the Capitol Police, your job is, if nothing else, to police like the Capitol. And they appear to do a poor job of this, right? I understand policemen have a very, very difficult job. I could probably not do it myself. But I do feel like when they come back and they debrief on this, somebody's getting some demerits. Like, I just don't feel like this really went according, at least to the, to the plan of the administration. I just, I, just, I just don't think that's a thing. But, you know, they, they were having their little you know, struggles and figuring out what to do. It seems that they shot off a little mace, a little tear gas and stuff like that. 
but they, they didn't seem to really rise up to the moment and quite get like what the game plan was. Uh, but then they showed those pictures where they had to put the furniture to barricade the door. I think it was in the chamber of the house. And they had them cats and they had them guns out over that barricade and they were ready. And them cats wasn't wearing no ride gear. You understand what I'm saying? Like they wasn't in uniforms. They was in suits. Jacket, shirt, tie, slacks, dress shoes. And let me explain something to you about a person who wears those items like that, that, that dress and works at a place like the Capitol. That person does not have a gun to maintain order. That person does not have a gun to threaten you. That person has a gun for one reason and one reason only. To kill people. That is not to say that that person's purpose is killing people. But the only reason they have that gun is it is possible that they might have to kill somebody. That's why they have that gun. The person that's got a gun and a suit, the person that he's close to, there are no chances to be taken. Right? So, like, you got the pictures of them cats out there, and they in the lobby, and they was, like, taking selfies and stuff like that with the cops. All right, you got them. They out there. Wasn't nobody about to be taking no selfie with one of them dudes uh, with a suit on. They had, they had those pistols over that, over that piece of furniture, and if somebody had come in right there, it would have been brief for them. Because this is the other thing you got to think about these people that's got the suits and the guns. All right? You know what every person who has ever killed an American president has in common? They are all white men. I am not saying that to cast any aspersion on white men. I am saying that to say that the people who have guns and suits, they are a little less likely to let some of these other biases come into play when they make a decision about whether or not they're going to lay you down. Right? So like one of these white dudes that got like real close in that way, oh, don't you worry. They the got laid down. Because them people in them suits, they are playing, they, they got a different kind of training. They got a different kind of objective when it comes to this, right? Because this is wild. Like, I did some stuff uh, for work, and then I started looking up on the internet, and I started seeing stuff that's going on, and I saw a picture. I mean, I'm obviously not the only person um, who saw this, but I saw a picture, and it was some dudes, like, climbing a wall. Like, the wall had some indentions in it, and these dudes were climbing the wall to get into the Capitol, and I have to tell you, I would not want to participate that badly. To climb a wall? Like, not even a fence, all right? A fence, at least in the way I envision it when I think about climbing fences, a fence 
has things that I can pretty easily put my hands and feet on, right? This dude out here, these cats out here, like all, all pro level Madden wall climbing. I'm not doing that. And, 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 and for what it's worth, I don't mean to be judgmental, but those people did not appear to be in exquisite physical condition. All of this just to run up in there. Like half of them ain't even had no plan. They're just like, all right, we in here now. What are we going to do? I don't know, but we here. Like, they was just up in there. But I tell you this, I saw, it's going to be interesting to see what some of the reporting is about that. Because I saw a report from a dude um, on ITV in uh, Britain. And he, he, he was up in there. Like, when they was all up in there, he was up in there. Like, like I do think that we've seen a lot of the pictures of people, like, you know, taking selfies in there and lounging in them seats and the dude that stole that podium and everything else. Got to say, respect that one just a little bit. Like, in these circumstances, I do understand taking souvenirs. I can see where, like, like yeah, I mean, you're already trespassing. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I, I can see, I mean, I don't think you're going to be able to get that on the plane, but, you know, I see what's going on. But most of the shots that I'd seen didn't really have, like, large masses of people in one place and congregate when they were in there. That dude from London or from, from England, it, it, it was looking a little bit more manic in there. Like, it looked a little bit more chaotic than from what I've seen from the American media. And so it's a seven-minute, you know, news report. But it's like a British dude. And he's talking to them like serious British tones. They was talking about America like it was Africa. Pick a country. It doesn't matter which one. That's how they was talking about it. Like you, you go check out that report and you'll see exactly what it is that I'm talking about. And they were interviewing people in there and they wasn't even really making any sense. Like it was some wild, incoherent type stuff. All of that. Um, like my sister used to always, uh, I don't know, always the right way to put it, but I remember her saying this one time many, many years ago, and she was talking about how, wow, just, I mean, so I understand that many of you youngsters will understand that there's a channel called Nat Geo, right? National Geographic. But when we were kids, National Geographic was primarily a magazine but there were also like National Geographic, like TV, like one hour TV joints that you would see that would be like syndicated television, right? And so my sister was like, can you imagine if they did a National Geographic special on American football, but they were talking about it like they talk about Africans. The males put on the traditional garb and engage in savage warfare. You know what I mean? Like it would be that kind of stuff. That was kind of how it felt listening to that British man talk about what was going on at the Capitol. And then the people they were talking to that was in there and all of that stuff. Like, 
that's what it is. Like me and my pops were talking about this, I guess it was a couple of years ago, and it was something that was just kind of worth noting, which is I think like the pandemic also kind of ties into this idea that I think there's some things that we just thought wouldn't happen here. And I think the idea of like people running up on the Capitol, that is not something that people thought would happen here. And by the way, if they did think that people were going to run up on the Capitol because they just wasn't going to take it no more, they didn't think it would be them. Right? Like if you would imagine in your mind a populist revolution that was going to involve people bum rushing the Capitol, did you think it would be them? Because there's a level of history to indicate that it would be a good bet that it would be them. But if you were thinking about who would be so frustrated with America that they would decide to run up on the Capitol, do you, would you have thought it would be them? And here we are. This is the thing, right? Again, I'm talking about this now. It is 8.20, give or take, um, Eastern time on the evening of January the 6th. It is highly unlikely that this is just a one-day thing. Highly unlikely that this is a one-day thing. Folks, bum-rushed the Capitol and was taking selfies. I'm, I'm just here to tell you, right or wrong, that is not a deterrent. That is not the kind of thing that makes people say, ugh, I don't think we can get away with that. So we're going to see. I will also tell you, um, in that report from ITV, I did see one African-American in the bunch. Just one. And I can't imagine how shook he was. Can you imagine how nervous he'd have to be? Your black ass up here bum rushing the Capitol? Can you imagine? Like, like, first of all, if anybody in there gets arrested, it's probably going to be you. Right? We, we got that part. We got that part. But like, and the whole way I was watching that, and I was thinking to myself, that whole time, I would be looking around just waiting for somebody to ask me to show my ID. Like that would be my thought. Hey, it would never, it would never dawn on me. Yo, we gonna run, we gonna run up on the Capitol. No, we're not. What are you talking about? That's absurd, right? Because somebody gonna get laid down. Somebody gonna be made an example of. That's the thing. Nobody got made an example of in this. I do know that a woman got killed um, in the Capitol, but even that's being kind of like, I feel like maybe that should be a little bit higher on the top of the list, but that's not even really getting talked about. Right? Like, I'd be curious to know the circumstances under which this woman got shot. Right? How did this one person get shot? Like, I mean, I, I, I think there are questions to be had here. People, though, are just so stunned by the idea that it actually happened. I just need to know what's going to happen tomorrow. I need to know what's going to happen in two weeks. I need to know, like, what was the level of coordination that took place in order for this to go down. Like what exactly happened here and what's happening next? Like the thing about people who reach this point or behave as such 
I don't get the feeling or see it as though you try something like this and then you'd be like, oh, well, you got us. Like They're like, yeah, don't worry. It's a six o'clock curfew. Yeah, okay. Because I, 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 I think that the people that just ran up on the Capitol with like very little ramification are worried about you putting out a curfew. Like, how long is this going to go on? That's the question that you have to have in this. How long is this going to go on and what exactly are you dealing with? Because it sure seems to be a bit decentralized. So what do you do? And here we are. All right, appreciate the question. Let me see what else we got here. Are you surprised Kenosha police officers involved in Jacob Blake's shooting will not face charges? Of course not. Who is, like, again, I don't want to be, because I really hate that person. Are you really surprised by that person? So I don't want to be that. But, no, I'm not surprised. And the reason I'm not surprised is the reason why when people get shot by the cops, and they, particularly when they're black, the reason that it's so tragic and heartbreaking is not simply because it happens a lot, but part of the reason why it happens a lot is nothing ever happens to the officer that does the shooting. Like It is such a rarity that there are charges, let alone a conviction. Now, part of the problem that you have is not just like the evil of prosecutors who don't want to do their jobs, is that the laws are set up to basically make it such that for cops, shooting people is just kind of the cost of doing business and they need to be able and allowed to. Like, that's it. So, no, if I were going to be surprised that there were no charges in this, then this wouldn't have been so damn tragic on the front end. Like, look, people get murdered all the time and you see it in the newspaper and it doesn't really break your heart. In large part because there's a reasonable presumption that whoever did it will be found and brought to justice. In these cases, like, they know who did it. And that's just not what they're going to do. So, no, I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised at all. Um, I am curious, though, for a lot of the people who were outraged when this happened. Um... Like, where are they when this part comes up? Because the whole theory of American criminal justice is that you need, like, the threat of punishment as a deterrent. That's why we got so many people in jail. The idea that jail is supposed to be some level of deterrent. But if you know that you're not going to go to jail for this, then what is your deterrent? What is there to stop you? What's there to make you weigh the gravity of your actions? And the answer is nothing. All right, appreciate the question. Let me see what else we got here. Do you think anything calms down anytime soon? Pandemic, election stuff, etc. No, I do not think it calms down anytime soon. I do think it'll calm down. But I guess it also depends on when you're talking about for soon. Do I think it calms down in the next six months? No. No, I don't. I just think there's too much that's going on. There's going to be too much upheaval. And I mean, a lot of people, a lot of people are about to die of this virus in the course of the next month or so. I mean, people just made these moves over the holidays to go all these different places. I've seen it. I saw the pictures. I understand 
what it is that might lead people into believing this stuff is good ideas, but it was ultimately stupid, and people are going to reap the consequences of the stupidity. Um, the problem with COVID-19 as a media story is that it's now old news. Like, you know what it almost reminds me of? It's like, <clears throat> after a while, you looked up and you realized that we were going to be in war or be at war in, in Afghanistan and Iraq forever. So, like, when the war first starts, they give you, all, you know, give you all the news about the war, but then after a while, the war just becomes this thing that happens. Like, the war almost becomes like your smoke detector when it starts chirping, and after a while, you get used to it, and you barely notice it if you get to change the battery. COVID, I think, has gotten there. Like, when COVID was new, and all of a sudden, it was running through these streets, and people were dying. Like, it was a huge thing. We put it all over the place. Had to be done, like. We're doing so much worse now than we were before. And when you think about it, we were doing bad before when we didn't really have that much information about the virus and how to deal with it. Now we know so much more about how to deal with this. We're at a point where they're getting the vaccine out and that comes with all its questions that I don't even feel like dealing with right now. But we know so much more now than we did, yet somehow we have so many more people that seem to be getting sick and dying. And we're in more places where the ICU is at 100% capacity and everything else. And this is in the face of increased knowledge. It's almost like we shut it down before because we just didn't know what was going on. And then we found out what was going on. And then we turned everything into basically informed decisions. Well, you do what you want, Right. And the costs that are being paid are significant on so many levels, man. If we had held this down early, we would have been cool, right? You're about to see all kinds of divorces. You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, you're just going to see a lot of stuff that happens in the aftermath of this. And what we're going to have is another roaring 20s. That's my belief is that after we come out from under this, people already being kind of wild selfish and hedonistic and then that's just going to be on the road because so many people have been cooped up stuck around people in ways and for times that was not necessarily healthy for their relationships and everything else and it's going to get buck wild when it opened back up and it's going to be buck wild while we shut down like everything's on tilt man everything is on tilt and i don't think that's going to change in the short term appreciate the question let me see what else we got here does the storming of the Capitol fall into the where were you win category in a few years? Well, I think that it could fall into the where were you win category, except for the fact that it's in the pandemic. Where was I when the Capitol got stormed? The same place I am all the goddamn time. I was at home. Like, where the hell were you? Like, yes, it would be one of those things. Except we all know where were you in 2021? We know the answer to that. Appreciate the question. See what else we got here. Why didn't anyone warn poor Elizabeth that there may be mace at the revolution? She took one spray to the face and was out of there. All right, so let me, let me ask you guys a question here. And I understand why some of you may not want to answer the question because it might be self-incriminating. But I will tell you a story um from my youth so when i was maybe 10 11 i don't know somewhere in that range i was young i was 10 probably 10 this feels like something a nine or ten year old me would do 
And so I'm in the car with my mom and I saw something on the floor and it was, a, I, it had a look like a spray to it. Right. And I thought it must've been like some air freshener or something like that. And so I just gave it a little spray, not a big spray, but a little spray in the car with the windows up. And me and my mom had a red light and all of a sudden she starts coughing and I'm like, yo, what's going on? And then I start coughing. And it's like the most vicious coughing I've ever had. And I'm coughing and like the stuff that's in my stomach comes all the way out and into my mouth. And then like it was on a string, it pulled back down into my stomach. I don't know how long it lasted. It felt like forever and it felt like a second, like somehow both of those. It was so intense. And what had happened was my mom had a friend who had gotten to some, there was some trouble. I can't remember what it was, but they had to go to wherever her friend was. And it was a little bit of a, of a dicey neighborhood. And so somebody had given her some mace. But I didn't know it was mace. Right? All I'm saying is, I heard the way that Elizabeth wheezed in that interview. And I ain't gonna lie. I felt her pain in that moment. If you, for whatever reason, have ever gotten a whiff of that mace, even if the person who is now receiving the mace that you were seeing is the deadest to rights, you're going to feel a little bit of their pain. Like I talked to a friend who said that he was at a bar once and the mace got sprayed. And he caught a, like a tangential whiff of it. That mace go hard, man. Hey, I'm talking about, yeah, she took one spray of mace to the face and she was out of there. Yo, if you got sprayed in the face with some mace, you'd be glad that you were able to get out of there. You would be thrilled that you were able to recompose yourself to even consider walking to the car. I'm just telling you, somebody's like, it's hard to feel sympathy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What a novel thought, Jason. Got you. Damn, you can't laugh for a minute. Whew. Anyway, yeah. I, th I personally think that Elizabeth had the right idea. Once you get sprayed with mace, wherever you were, like we didn't stay in the car any longer than we had to after that mace. You know what I'm saying? Appreciate the question. Let's see what else you got here. Those robbers really thought Dre's home was just sitting empty. So I don't know if you guys saw this story, but Dr. Dre uh, suffered from aneurysm. Uh, he doing all right. Um, well, I mean, as all right as you can be, he ain't, he gonna live, right? I, I can say that safely. He gonna live. But anyway, uh, while Dr. Dre was in the hospital, somebody decided they was going to try to bre break into Dr. Dre's house. And all I'm saying is Dr. Dre is now worth like a billion dollars. You think that dude, like they just lock up the house and go at the very least, you don't think they got some kind of alarm system. Like if you've been paying any attention to his divorce, uh, one of the big things is paying for her security detail. You think he ain't got no security detail? We just go break into Dre's house. Nobody will be there. Somebody's security system must be out of sight. I imagine his security system is out of sight, and them dudes will fire your ass up. Yeah, Dre's in the hospital. The coast must be clear. The dumbest thing I could possibly think of. All right, appreciate the question. Let me see what else we got here. 
Is there anything worse than the we are better than this crowd? Uh, they don't offend me as much as they offend a lot of other people. And so these are the people Then when something happens, like people bum rushing the Capitol, they're like, America, we're better than this. And then there's always some cynical uh, group of people who then respond to, no, we're not better than this. And then goes up and down the annals of history. Now, I absolutely understand where they're coming from when they say, no, this has happened, that has happened, so forth and so on. I get that. I also get the idea, though, that, like, it's aspirational. You know what I mean? Like, some people are slow on the uptake of just how messed up some things are. And I do think for some people that they like to believe that they are better than this or that we as a collective are, in fact, better than this. And they think that that is an inspiring thing that will then encourage people to, in fact, be better. I think that, I mean, I don't think... I don't have time to be bothered by that. That's all I'm saying. I don't have time to be bothered by that. All right. Appreciate the question. Let's see what else we got here. This week's the last episodes of Alice Trebek. You've shown over the years you're a huge fan of the show. You shed a tear for an end of an era. Um, The era already ended, brother. You know what I mean? You ever have any my white friends don't realize that I can't do this two moments? Yeah, I have, but I have to say them for the memoirs. I'm not at a place in my career where I can really talk about those moments in public. But I do be like, like, yeah, dog, like, what are you talking about? <laughs> like, like, oh, you can do that? Like, that is one thing. The white, like, hanging out with white dudes are happy in some situations and circumstances where you be like, oh, like, you can just do this. Like, I don't ever walk into the room thinking about all the things I can do. Like, I'm first trying to figure out all the things I can't do. Nope, 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 nope. They don't operate like that. It's a whole different world. Will I Am said that black people turn their backs on the black eyed peas when they got famous. Do you think he's right? Um, serious question. And you guys let me know here, because I could be wrong. I have always been aware of the Black Eyed Peas, but whether they were the famous Black Eyed Peas or the not famous Black Eyed Peas, I had never, like, I did not enjoy them that much, in part because none of them could rap. Right? Will I Am, I mean, I guess he wasn't bad, but he couldn't rap. What's what's, what's his name? Abdiyap. In his name? Abdiyap. Something like that. He can't rap. And what's the other one's name? Like I just, I just, I just didn't find them to be, find them to be good rappers. I just never did. And so when they was a little bit more, like almost more in that like uh, Jurassic Five lane, like kind of stuff. No, I mean it wasn't the same, obviously, but you know, in that direction. No, you know, no, I ain't really dig them then. And anyway, I bring all that up to say, when did black people turn their fronts to the Black Eyed Peas, which would have to be the case in order for them to then subsequently turn their backs on the Black Eyed Peas. Like, when, when were black people rocking out to the Black Eyed Peas? Any of y'all been to a Black Eyed Peas show prior to 2003? Because something tells me it was a bunch of white folks. Now, I mean, I can say that about going to a Freddie Gibbs concert, too. So, like, I'm not trying to be too hard on them for this. I'm just saying... When did black people actually rock with the black eyed peas in order to turn their backs? What happened was very simple. Will got beats 
They went and got this white girl. All of a sudden, they became far more accessible. The music they made wasn't bad, but it was definitely like in a pop rap lane that made perfect sense and made all kinds of money for them. But do not act like black people abandoned the black eyed peas. Black people never fuck with them like that in the first place. Unless there was some enclave of blackness that was really riding that wave that I had no idea of. I'll just say that when they had first come out, I was in Atlanta. It was pretty black. Nobody was really rocking with them. I'm also looking in the chat and somebody in here says that I quote, Macy Gray was Fergie before Fergie. What the fuck does that mean? Somebody, help, help Adam. You're the one, help me make sense of that. Anybody. He said she was in the group. Yeah, I mean, I know she did some tracks with him. Like, I like one of the tracks they did with Macy Gray. Uh, The one that's got the, uh... I think it's the Hey Bulldog sample. The Beautiful People joint. That's not Hey Bulldog. That's a, it's a magical mystery tour. You know, the, you know, how does it feel to be one of the few? That joint. All right. Appreciate the question. Let me see what else you got here. When something like today is happening and people are tweeting about just regular shit, is it fair to hit them with read the room? Like, should they really wait until things cool down before just tweeting regular things? Sean, who are, who the fuck are you? Like, if you don't want to read what they tweeting about, then hit the unfollow button. But you gonna go regulate and tell them that they got to talk about this? What a clown. see what else you got here you see ken jennings defending a dork is this about the dude with the can opener and the beans and his daughter is that what it is all right here's my thing about the dude with the beans and his daughter why are y'all who cares like, why are y'all, nobody, know, like, the majority of the people, I thought the dude did make a somewhat interesting point in his own defense when he's saying basically that the people who knew him and knew his sense of humor knew where he was coming from. It was all these people who did not know him that then jumped in and told him what a terrible father he was and so forth and so on and everything else, Right. I do think that story became one of those where somebody has caught on to it at first, right? And so somebody's caught on to the story. Somebody's heard about what the story is, and they've said whatever it is, and they're like, oh, my God, why would this man get on Twitter and talk about this, which is its own discussion, 
right? Why would he go ahead and do this? And then it gets around, but nobody's saying anything new. All anybody's saying is, wow, you're such a mean dad. But once the people first start saying, wow, you're such a mean dad, then everybody else also needs to say that he's a mean dad so that you can make sure that everybody in your circle knows that you, in fact, think he's a mean dad. But you can't just say he's a mean dad like everybody else just says he's a mean dad. You got to put some hot sauce on it. You got to put a little pepper on it because everybody's saying the same thing and it becomes a competition for you to talk about what this guy is, right? Everybody gets together to purge whatever anger it was that they had at this dude that they have never fucking heard of who does a podcast with Ken Jennings talking about his daughter not understanding how to use a can opener. Like, I feel like after there was such a level of outrage and discussion about this, didn't you feel a little stupid? Like, didn't any of you feel a little stupid? So somebody's in the chat room, and they say he could have said nothing, and maybe that's about Ken Jennings, and I agree there. You ain't got to stick up for your homeboys and they get in trouble. That's a big man. That's a big boy. He can go ahead and take care of that himself. But I just couldn't believe that people got so charged up about the idea of what he was doing. Because I do think, like, the general idea of see if you can figure it out yourself is not the worst thing in the world. If he really gave her six hours to try to figure out how to open a can of beans, that would be a problem. Are you stupid enough to believe that a child spent six hungry hours trying to work a can opener just for some baked beans? Do you really believe that that happened? Do you think that that story is true? Because I don't believe that story is true. However, on the other side of that, why are you telling this story? Because, see, this is the thing I also think that happens on Twitter to guys like him. All right. What Twitter makes it easier to do than it has ever been is to make, in effect, a room full of people laugh. And being the person that makes the room laugh feels good. It is borderline intoxicating. But if you try to make the room laugh in a real room and the room doesn't laugh, it feels awful. That's the risk reward of the situation, right? But on Twitter, generally speaking, if you try to drop your funny and nobody thinks it's funny, they just don't laugh. Unless somebody retweets you. And then you're not funny or perhaps inappropriately funny. Then this becomes for everybody to not laugh at. Except they're not going to just quietly not laugh at it. They are basically going to heckle you in return as they attempt to make each other laugh at the fact that you did not make them laugh with what you thought was your cute, funny story or your cute, funny tweet. Like, that's what that was. So this dude, who's got like some tens of thousands of followers, he just thought he was talking to his own crew of people. He thought he was talking to his own tribe, except somebody who wasn't in the tribe got a hold of it. And then it becomes a topic of conversation for all these people who don't know who you are, don't give a damn who you are, and never will care or remember anything about who you are. 
and then those people who spend all day talking about you and your daughter and the can of beans will say to you, you really went through all of that for a can of beans, right? They will then say, why did you think you should tell that story in front of people? Which I will certainly say, because this was an obvious bad outcome coming, but you're going to have the people say that are the same ones who spend all day long talking about the fact that you shouldn't have said it in the first place. When all of them had the very simple option of acting like they didn't see it. Everybody on social media is doing one of two things. What are those one of two things that everybody's doing? That's right. You are here to inform or you are here to perform. And once you decide you're going to engage in a performance, good luck to you. Because the audience can turn it right back around on you. And then days later, they're still talking about you, thinking that you're going to make everybody laugh, talking about a damn can of beans. All right, appreciate the question. Let's see if we can do one more. Yep, no, nope, I got to the end of it. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for joining us here on The Evening Jones. We try to do this thing about once a week. My man Lance Gilliam handles everything behind the scenes. Thank you, sir. Also, thank you to Oh My's Design. Remember, if you cannot watch The Evening Jones live, subscribe to the podcast. Subscribe to the iTunes store. Subscribe to Stitcher Radio. Check us out at SoundCloud. Also, at Google Podcasts. All right. Talk to you guys soon. Take it easy. The Evening Jones is an old soul production. Creative direction and design is provided by Kareem Gilliam for Oh My's Creative Design.